Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much He loves us starts right now. Dr. Anthony Evans writes concerning bitterness in a book he wrote calling Guiding Your Family in a, in a Misguided World. His excerpt reveals the heart of one who is experiencing bitterness. Listen to what he writes. He says, one day, two monks were walking through the countryside. They were on their way to another village to help bring in the crops. As they walked, they spied an old woman sitting at the edge of the river. She was upset because there was no bridge and she couldn't get across on her own. The first monk kindly offered We'll carry you across if you would like. Thank you. Thank you, she gratefully accepting their help. So the two men joined hands, lifting her between them. They carried her across the river. When they got to their side, they set her down, and she went on her way. After they walked another mile or so, the second month began to complain. Look at my clothes, he said. They're filthy from carrying that woman across the river, and my back still hurts from lifting her. I can feel it even getting stiff. The first monk just smiled and nodded his head. A few, a few more miles down the road, the second monk gripped again. My back is hurting me so badly, and it's all because we had to carry that silly woman across the river. I cannot, I cannot go any farther because of the pain. And the first monk looked down. And his partner, now lying on the ground moaning, he said, have you ever wondered why I'm not complaining? Your back hurts you because you're still carrying the woman. But I set her down five miles ago. Now, think about this, guys. That's what many of us are like when it comes to the subject of unforgiveness and even bitterness. You see, at times in our lives, we are like the second monk who who cannot let go. We're holding on to the pain of a deep past within our hearts. Bitterness often plagues us, not allowing us to move forward in our relationships. Unforgiveness and bitterness, guys, you could say, are the evil twins that really seek to dominate our lives and keep us in the jail of our own soul. When thinking about unforgiveness. This quote comes to mind. It says, a rattlesnake, if cornered, will sometimes become so angry it will bite itself. And that's exactly what harboring hate and resentment against others is. It's often what? Biting oneself. We think that we're harming others by holding on to these spites and hates, but the, the deeper harm really is to ourselves. And so I thought, what better way to encourage the group on a Wednesday night than to talk about unforgiveness and bitterness. But here's the thing, guys. I, I, I don't want to pander you with just, you know, cotton candy subjects. There are times that we really got to look deep within our hearts and we've got to go, okay, what, what is God saying to us? So tonight, I want to talk to you about unforgiveness and bitterness in our lives. I want to say that again because it's one of those things where you go, wait, 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 did I hear you right? Yes, tonight, I want to talk to you about unforgiveness and bitterness in our lives. See, Jesus has a lot to say on the subject. Now, 
before we jump into our study, the obvious question is, how does, how does this happen? How does unforgiveness, how does bitterness happen? And, and this is very important to confront. So we've got to chat for just a moment, okay? We've got to chat. Sometimes, if you will, guys, the Lord does things or allows things in our lives in our, in, in, in our lives to test our faith for us to draw closer to him. There are things that you and I go through that we could put in two categories. We could say, well, that was an attack from the enemy, or we could look at it and say, okay, God allowed this in my life so that I can draw closer to him. The Lord does that from time to time, and I know that he loves us and he's concerned about us. He frequently allows things to happen for what reason? Say, what reason, pastor? So that we could loosen our grip from the things on the earth and open them up to a closer walk with God. And really, that's why you're here tonight, because we all desire a closer walk with God. Oh, no, 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 it's not just come to Calvary Chapel and let's get the midweek service over, and that's what we do, and that's what we've always done, so we go to church, and it's more of coming in going, okay, God, maybe, maybe, maybe within my heart I am, I'm holding on a little bit too tight, God. Maybe I'm, I'm, my tent pegs are a little bit too deep here, Lord, and and, and, and I'm wanting what this world has to offer, God, and I'm, I'm wanting all that, that, that's due me. And he says, no, I'm going to allow you to go through some things so that you can loosen your grip here and you can look and hold on to more heavenly values. See, these things in life that I'm talking about, well, they're called trials. They're called tests. Sometimes we call them tough times. How you doing, brother? Going through a tough time. Things are tough. Now, now listen closely. You guys ready? Tough trials and tests can either melt you or harden you. Tough trials and tests can either... Now, guys, you got to get this, okay? They'll either melt your heart to loosen your grip, to allow the tent pegs, the soil that you have them so deep, to loosen so that your eyes are eternally focused, or they can harden you. Which is why we have to watch out and look diligently so they don't harden you and make you bitter and hateful. Bitter and hateful. You see, if you'll let the trials humble you, and you'll let the tests melt your heart, then you'll be a lot happier. And you'll find the Lord's love in a new and closer way. But if you, listen, in pride, harden your heart and say, we learned this on Wednesday, with Invictus, I am the captain of my fate. I am the master of my soul. My head is my, my bloody is unbowed. You will wind up sorely off track with a broken and bitter heart. Let me say this, if you're taking notes, guys, Pride is what causes people to be bitter. Pride is what causes people to be bitter. It's because of pride that people become bitter instead of yielding and becoming broken and soft through their trials. Pride is why they refuse to bow to the Lord and surrender to him at all. So bitterness, guys, is a form of pride. People who are bitter usually feel that someone, either God or man, has treated them unfairly. Unfairly. Now, listen, listen. I totally understand that in this life, we've all been hurt. I get it, guys. We've all been hurt in one way or another, and we've all been hurt by somebody. 
But when we truly don't forgive, now listen to me, we risk growing a, we call them a root of bitterness. We risk growing bitterness in our hearts. I also understand that forgiveness is not an easy thing to do. You see, it would be foolish for me to stand up here and say, church, you need to just forgive. Amen. Let's go home. But, but that's not forgiveness. Because why? Jot this down if you're taking note. Forgiveness is not cheap. It's not cheap. Well, it doesn't mean that the person asking you to forgive has to earn anything. But forgiveness, guys, is not cheap. We all have to work through it with the Lord's help to get to the place where we can forgive. Let me say this, if you've come here today and you've experienced the hurt by somebody, someone, God, whatever it might be, I want to say this to you, it matters immensely to God what happened to you. You see, sometimes we feel like we have this big God in heaven going, well, he's just too busy. He just doesn't think about me. I get it, God. You're running the universe. You got things. No, no, no. Listen to me. When you get hurt, God was there, and and it matters to him. That's the first thing you need to understand, that you matter to him. You need to think about it this way, guys, and we used to sing it, and I don't want it to be commonplace or cliche, but I need, you need to understand that when he was on the cross, you were on his mind. It wasn't, okay, I'm going to die. He goes, man, I, I, I know who I'm going to die for. I know who's going to be mine. I'm, for God so loved the world, right? So, I mean, you guys got to think about it, but you need to understand that he loves you. And you go, well, pastor, I get it. So what happens? Well, don't be afraid to take time to unpack the issues that still hurt. Don't be afraid. When we take time to unpack the issues in light of who God is, we can explore and release to God first and then to others. Forgiveness is not cheap. A very high price was paid. Now, let's talk about forgiveness, right? Because what Jesus is going to tell us is going to reach the heart. So we've got to talk a little bit about forgiveness. You go, okay, what is it? If you're taking note, I'm just going to give you a couple of things. Here's what you need to understand about forgiveness. Forgiveness is a process. Is a process. Always remember that. Forgiveness is a process. You will know that forgiveness has begun when you recall those who hurt you and you feel the power to wish them well. You guys with me? It's a process. Okay? Somebody hurts you extremely deep, it's hard to go, oh, I forgive. Okay, let's everybody have fun. Let's get back to the party. We can't do that. It's a process. But you'll know that the process has begun in light of who God is and Him walking with you each and every day when you can say, Okay, I can confront, what does it say, right? You can recall those who hurt you. Now, it doesn't mean you have to be BFF, but what it means is you can say, I can wish them well. Thank you, Jesus. Forgiveness is a process. Number two, forgiveness doesn't mean you forget either. You've all heard that saying, right? We need to forgive and forget. Well, God can forgive and forget because he's God. But there are times when we can't, and it doesn't mean you have to forgive. Here's what it means. You ready? Jot this down. This is going to change your life. You ready? It means that you remember things 
in light of God's healing power in your life. There's a big difference. You know, let's walk around and go, I, I forget about that. Man, this guy, he came up and he hurt me. And, and this person hurt me so deeply. No, no, no. Here's what it is. It, it, is, it is, is really simple. Is that it means you remember things, but now you remember them in light of God's healing power in your life. You guys need to understand that you are more than conquerors. And you know how I know? Romans says that what? That the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, the same resurrection power, it lives in you. Paul tells us the same power lives in you. So there has to be healing. There has to be restoration. There has to be, we have to be become more than victims. We have to be victorious because when we're victims, the enemy just wants to continually stomp on us until we don't get up. And you're going, okay, okay. I like this quote from a fellow by the name of David Sorensen. He says this, Forgiveness means that problems of the past no longer dictate our destinies and we can focus on the future with God's love in our hearts. Did you catch that? Think about this. Forgiveness means that the problems of the past no longer dictate our destinies. And we can focus on the future with God's love in our hearts. Now, here's a quote you definitely want to write, okay? Forgiveness will change bitterness into love. Forgiveness will change bitterness into love. You guys with me? That's where we pick up our study tonight. Luke chapter 17, 6, verses Very short, but power-packed. And here's the purpose, guys. You ready? These verses are going to help us with forgiveness and to get bitterness out of our hearts. It's going to help us so that we can forgive those who have hurt us, as we understand it's a process. But it's also, we're also going to see that what forgiveness does what? It changes that bitterness into love. Jesus is going to talk about that. So buckle your seatbelts. Here we go. Let's read verses 1 through 6, and then we'll come back and we'll unpack it. You ready? Luke 17, 1 through 6. Jesus is speaking, and he says this. Then Jesus said to his disciples, let's stop right there. That's you and I. We're his disciples. He's talking to us. Okay, so ears ready, hearts ready to receive. Jesus, what are you going to say to us? Here's what he says. It's impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. It would be better for him if a millstone was hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea, than he should offend one of these little ones. Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. If he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day he returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. And the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. So the Lord said, if you have the faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Everybody see that? Six verses, you go, wow, what's he talking about? He's talking about sin, he's talking about forgiveness, and he's going to talk about bitterness. You go, how so? 
Well, guys, at Calvary Chapel, we tend to use the, the New King James Version. That's really the version I preach from. But I want to show you something that I found very, very, very interesting, okay? In the King James Version, okay, the King James Version reads a little bit different in verse 6. And I want you to look at your Bibles, and I want you to see this. It says this, And the Lord said, If ye had faith as the grain of a mustard seed, ye might say to this sycamine tree, Be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. You go, Pastor, I didn't see the difference. Our New King James Version says mulberry tree, but the King James Version, the better rendering is the sycamine tree. The sycamine tree. You go, well, okay, okay, so let, let's go back, right? I, I don't want to get ahead of myself because I've got so much, but, but as we come to Luke 17, we discover our Lord and Savior, Jesus, is teaching us about bitterness and unforgiveness. But he teaches us how to get rid of these things in our life, and he does it with, a, with an illustration, an illustration. Now, the King New King James Bible, verse 6, renders a mulberry tree, okay? But in the original language, it's called a sycamine tree. Now, I know what you're thinking, right? You're thinking of Zacchaeus when Zacchaeus saw Jesus in a couple of chapters. Where did he go? He went up a sycamore tree. A sycamore, a sycamine, and a mulberry are all part of the same tree family, but they're all different, okay? You need to keep this in mind. Okay, so it's not a mulberry tree, although the translator saw sycamine and said, oh, that's in the same family. Let's just put it as a, as a mulberry tree. Here's what I want you to see. I want you to see it's not a sycamore. It's not a mulberry. What is a church? It's a sycamine tree, okay? We must note the difference to understand what Jesus is trying to get to. Okay, so we got to understand, and I want you to give me a head nod or an amen, but the mulberry tree is in the same family, but Jesus deliberately chose the sycamine to illustrate his teaching. You go, okay, so where does sycamine come from? Well, in the Greek, it's sukaminos, and it refers to a tree that grew throughout the Middle East. It was very well known in this part of the world. Okay, to you and I, a sycamine tree doesn't mean anything. But if Jesus were to you an illustration of something that you and I see each and every day, we would go, oh, well, yeah, of course. To the disciples, they saw this sycamine tree everywhere they went in the Middle East. Everywhere they went. And so Jesus would come by and he'd go, hey, look at that sycamine tree. And everybody would go, oh, yeah, there it is. We understand. Okay? So we understand. It's it's. Sukaminos, that's the word he uses. Now, for the sake of our study, it's not a mulberry tree or a sycamore tree, and I'm going to tell you why in just a few minutes. Now, when we understand everything that's connected to the sycamine tree, you'll know exactly why Jesus chose this tree as an example of bitterness and unforgiveness. Okay, let's come back. Let's come back. Let's rewind our minds. Let's jump into what Jesus is saying. Okay, keep in mind what what Jesus is teaching. He's teaching us that he wants us to get rid of unforgiveness and bitterness. Okay, somebody hurt us, something hurt us, we felt hurt, we felt 
Whatever we felt, we've now harbored it. We haven't really... Cho- now you go, Pastor, I've forgiven, man. I said I forgive him. I, I, people ask me and I say I forgive him. But you've got to look in the heart and see if you have a, 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 a tree growing inside there. A tree, a root of bitterness. Of bitterness. And you go, well, how so? Well, let's, let's jump in, man. You guys ready? Let's go back to verse 1. Then Jesus said to the disciples, It is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. Why, Jesus? Well, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he was thrown into the sea that he should offend one of these little ones. Jesus begins by telling us that while we are in this world, in this body, there will always be temptations to sin. That's what he's saying. He's saying, listen, while you live in this world, there's always going to be that temptation. He understands that. Okay? God did not expect us, nor does he expect us to be robots. When we gave my life to the Lord, I became perfect. I don't sin. I think every... He says, no, you're going to have that temptation. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? You know what I'm talking It can be from the littlest thing to the biggest thing. It can be from the littlest thing, you know, taking something that's not yours, right? At first, at first you're like, no, man, I, man, I, ain't nobody around. I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna take those, right? We all have that temptation. Or it could be, I mean, from your attitude. There you are in the loop and you're having a great day and you're even singing worship songs and you've got the radio station set to Christian and somebody decides to cut you off, didn't even see you. Next thing you go from an attitude of praise to a... You guys know what I'm talking about. You're not praising anymore. You're like, I can't believe you're driving. Right? That's what happens, right? Jesus tells us, guys, you know what I'm talking about, right? Jesus tells us there will always be a temptation to sin. We should what? He says, but we should never be the one tempting others to sin. Church, listen, this is serious. We should never be a stumbling blocks for others to sin. Jesus said, woe to him. Oh, whoa, 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 Pastor, what does that mean? That mean? Oh, does that mean when my, my Christian girlfriend calls me up and says, hey, you want to go out tonight? Yeah, man, we're going to get wasted. Come on, let's... Well, yes, but more than likely, that's not a Christian friend. But it's even more subtle than that, right? Be careful by the words we speak that we don't cause somebody else to stumble in their walk. Jesus said it. Every one of us is going, yay. Can I get out now? Can I, if I leave, will he notice? Because Jesus said this, listen. And, and, and I want you to picture, there we are. We've got our sandals on, right? We're hanging around Jesus. And he said to us, it would be better that a millstone would be tied to his neck and thrown in the sea than to cause a little one to sin. Oh, listen, offenses are going to come. I don't want to be the one that causes somebody to walk away from Jesus. I don't want somebody to question their salvation because I'm putting doubts and division in their heart. Did you hear me? 
It's better to keep our mouths quiet than to put something to cause division in the body of Christ. We know one thing about division in the body of Christ. God says he hates it. He hates when, we, when somebody comes in and, and, and shows and, and sows divisiveness in the body. He hates it. You're like, okay. This is what Jesus said. It would be better. Whew. Essentially, here's what Jesus is saying. You ready? People are going to take the bait, but woe to you if you offer the hook. People are going to trip up, but woe to you if you set a stumbling block in their way. So we're like, wow, Jesus, that's, that's heavy. That's heavy. Let's, let's move on because I don't know about this. See, now in verse 3, Jesus is going to tell his disciples that they need to forgive those who have sinned against him. Look at verse 3. He says, take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. If he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day he comes to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. This is not cool. Right? Come on. We're not all super spiritual going, yeah, I forgive everybody all day long. Man, you do something to us, and the last thing we want to do is forgive you. Sincerely. Jesus said, listen, if a brother comes and sins against you, what does he say? He says, and if he, help me guys, if he repents. If he repents. So Brother Bob has been working around the church. And so, say Brother Bob is working in, and he's walking down the hall. And just for sport, I go up to Brother Bob and he doesn't see me, and I jump out of the janitor's closet, and I trip him. And Brother Bob goes, plat, splat, boom. Oh, I feel so bad. Brother Bob, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? What's Brother Bob supposed to do? That's right. I'm sorry about your bloody nose. It was just a joke. Santos told me to do it. But anyways, uh, there you go. And, uh, and then, so here's the deal, right? So if I repent, Bob is supposed to forgive me. So Bob says, okay, all right, that was crazy. Uh, wow. Senior pastor, okay. So he gets busy doing something out. And all of a sudden, Bob is going to get up and later on, and he's going to change one of the lights and here I come, and I move the ladder away from him. Next thing you know, Bob goes splat right on the ground. Oh, I'm sorry, Bob. Please forgive me. What is Bob supposed to do? Is Bob going to do that? Bob, no. Bob's going to get in his truck and go home. Come on. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. That's exactly what's going... That's what Jesus is telling us. Jesus is going, listen, if I come to Bob and say, Bob, listen, I repent. Bob's okay. Listen, you're, you're nuts. You're nuts. But okay, I forgive you. Because I say, hey, Bob, listen, um, Luke 17, you have to forgive me, bro. I repented. Okay. So then I'm leaving the parking lot, right? It's lunchtime. Bob's still here. And I happen to back up into Bob's truck. Crash! Oh, Bob, I hit your truck. I'm sorry. Will you please forgive me? What is Bob supposed to do? Is Bob going to forgive me? 
Bob, I'm sorry I didn't see your truck there. You parked in a weird angle. I don't know what you were doing. It's your fault, Bob. I'm sorry, but will you forgive me? I repent. Here's my insurance information. You guys, you guys see where I'm going? Seven times in a day. If I go to Bob and say, I'm sorry, Bob. I'm sorry, Bob. I'm sorry, Bob. I Forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me. Here, here's what, now, now, what are you guys going to say? You're going to say exactly, guys. You're going to say exactly what the, the, the disciples said. Look at verse 5. And the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. What are they saying? I can't do this on my own. Lord, you're going to, listen, I can, I can barely forgive him one time. You're going to have to help me on this, Lord. Lord, I need you. I need you. Am I talking to anybody here? You know what I'm talking about? Have you ever had to forgive somebody and like, Lord, I need you right now because I'm supposed to forgive, but I'm going to punch him in the throat if I see him. Forgive me. God, I need your power. That's what he's talking about, okay? So, so, there, so listen, in other words, the disciples are saying, Lord, we don't know if we have enough faith to forgive so many times in a day. We don't know. So what they're asking is, please do something supernaturally and increase our faith so that we can accomplish all that you ask us to do. Guys, I don't think it's a bad prayer for you and I at times in our lives to do this to ask the Lord, increase our faith. I don't think it's bad at all. If we're not walking by faith, oftentimes we're walking in the flesh. And I need to walk in the faith. And I go, God, please help me. increase. Listen, here's why. God, you're going to have to do something supernaturally to increase my faith so that I can do what you've asked me to do. I need you, Lord. Now, Here's where Jesus begins to teach his disciples. Note with me, verse 6. So the Lord said, Gentlemen, ladies, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this sycamine tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Wow. Think about this, guys. Jesus just said, if you and I had the faith the size of a mustard seed, right? Here's what he said. We had just asked him for, for increase our faith, right? Listen, don't give us, I mean, supersize our faith. We don't want the happy meal. We need the supersized faith. The Lord's like, no, all you need is the faith of a mustard seed. And if you had that much faith, you can say to this, help me guys, sycamine, sycamine tree, be rooted up and be planted where? In the sea, and it would obey you. What? Well, Jesus, what are, you, what are you talking about? Right? It says, if you had the size. Now, let's talk about size, okay? Think about that. The size of very small of a mustard seed. And you can say to the sycamine, be pulled up by the roots, go plant yourself in the tree, and it would obey you. So now, all of a sudden, this, is, this Bible study's gotten way out of hand because like, the, the disciples are like, are you serious? Think about it like this. When ice skating, when ice skating, anybody of you ever ice skate? Some of us, one, two, right? Let me ask you this question. It's far better for us to have small faith on thick ice than to have great faith on thin ice. Beverly, would you agree? She says, amen. Our small faith is so great in a Savior that he can accomplish great things. But think about this as well. Bitterness 
and unforgiveness are just like the sycamine tree. And if you really want to be free of these, these twin evils in your life tonight, what Jesus just said is that you can speak to this menacing growth in your life and command it to be planted by the sea. Let me ask you a question, church. Have you ever taken something easy and made it complicated? Right? Have, have you ever done that? Have you ever done a math problem? The math problem was really easy, and you took it, and you made it extremely hard. Or you've taken anything else, right? It's very, that's exactly what he's saying. He's saying, guys, listen, it's, it's really easy if you'll just follow my instructions. Why? Your attention, please. Every one of us, guys, in this room has been hurt, and it's caused either a root, a tree, something in your heart full of bitterness. And it may be done directly to hurt you, or it may be done indirectly. But nonetheless, when you think of that person, there's bitterness there. Some of the things you might be thinking is, I can't believe this person doesn't think about me. Don't they know how they hurt me? Don't they know what they've done? I mean, shouldn't they? And, and guys, we can just go round and round, but what you do is you can feel your your heart being filled with, with bitterness. And someone would ask you, hey, have you forgiven that person? Of course I've forgiven, right? Because Jesus said to forgive, and I have to forgive. And he just said, if I need to forgive seven times, I need to forgive him, say so I'm forgiven. But deep inside, you're not, right? Let me, let me explain it to you this way, okay? Jesus tells us men a very simple analogy, right? He says, if you guys look at a woman and you have lust in your heart, it's the same as committing adultery, and you go, why is that? Why would Jesus say that? He goes, why? Because, because there are times when our eyes don't see anything, but our hearts are full of lust. And you walk around like this going, no, mm-mm, good. But in your quiet time and in the heart of your hearts, you're looking and lusting. And Jesus says, it's the same as committing adultery. Because he wants to, he wants to expose the heart. It's the same thing here. Okay, it's the same thing here. We can say on the outside, I've forgiven, I'm okay, this is good, praise the Lord, hallelujah, I love Jesus. But inside, that bitterness could still be growing. And so Jesus says, okay, let's get rid of this. Okay, so two things are happening right now. You go, what is that? He's teaching about bitterness and unforgiveness. You go, okay, got it. And he's using the sycamine tree as a visual illustration. Now, we must ask why. Why would Jesus use this particular tree to teach us about bitterness? Okay, well, listen, the tree is symbolic and it symbolizes the detrimental effects of bitterness and unforgiveness in our lives, okay? Now, I wish that I could sit here and say, I came up with these all by myself. God just inspired. Now, I, I learned to read, and I read these, and they were so amazing, and I did some study, and I, let me give you four characteristics, guys, of this tree that helps us learn what Jesus is teaching, okay? Four characteristics. You can look them up for yourself. They're on there, but these are four characteristics of the sycamine tree that will help us to better understand why Jesus used this particular tree in context, okay? Let's go back to verse 6 one more time. Then the Lord said to us, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can say to the sycamine tree, be pulled up by the roots. Everybody say roots. 
and be planted by the sea, and it would obey you. Why? Why is this important? Number one, jot this down. The first characteristic of a sycamine tree is the root system is like no other. The root system is like no other. The root, if you look it up, the root systems, they're so deep. They go deep, right? Let me tell you this. You cannot kill a sycamine tree unless you uproot it. It will find the water. Now, you go, well, whoa, 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 what do you mean, what do you mean, what do you mean? The sycamine tree is known to have one of the deepest root structures of all the trees in the Middle East. It was a vigorous and robust tree that grew to heights of 30 or more, 30 feet or more, because the roots went down so deep in the earth, it was very difficult to kill, okay? Hot weather, blistering temperatures had little effect on the tree. Why, church? Because the roots went so deep, it found the water no matter where it was. You go, well, I'll kill it, right? I'll kill it. No, here's one thing that you can't do. You say, I'll just burn it. I'll burn that tree down. I'll kill it. If you burn the sycamine tree, the smoke was so vaporous and poisonous, it would kill you. You're like, what? You go, well, I'll cut it down to the stump. It didn't matter. Those trees often grew back because of the root source. And you go, well, okay, so why was Jesus saying this? Here, here it is. You guys ready? Listen. It's the same. Guys, it's the same with unforgiveness and bitterness. Unless we get down to the root and pull it up, it's going to be very hard to remove out of the heart. Let me give you let me give you a, an analogy that we can all deal with, right? We've all dealt with in time. When I was a little boy, um, we used to go around the neighborhood and try to make money by cutting people's weeds. Okay, now in New Mexico there wasn't grass; there was weeds, and the weeds would grow this high. And you knew the people who didn't want to mess with them, so you'd go knock on the door and say, "Hey." Uh, I would like to earn some money. Can I cut your weeds? Oh, yes, young man. We've been waiting for somebody to cut the weeds. So what we do, we take a hoe, right? We take a hoe and a rake and a shovel, and we'd cut the weeds. The problem was is that we only cut the surface of the weeds, and within what? Within a couple of weeks, the weeds would go back again. It's the same thing in our yards. You guys know that, right? We call them demon weeds here. Grass hasn't grown anywhere. It may be Joe's yard, but that's a whole nother story. Grass hasn't grown anywhere except what? Weeds. I'm like, you have no rain. How can you grow? Right? And my yards are starting to go. Well, it's because, again, guys, the root system, the root system. When learning about unforgiveness and bitterness, guys, we we try very hard to eradicate them from our lives. But we need to take a lesson from the tree. Jesus said, if you uproot those, he didn't say just cut it down. Hey, just, just pretend it's not there. Guys, that's very deep. Everyone in the Middle East knew that the sycamine tree had a very deep root system. That's why he said, you need to uproot it. You need to uproot it. What would happen as a little boy? They say, uh, don't use the hoe. Here's what you need to do. You need to 
pulled the weeds. Have ever, anybody ever pulled weeds besides me? Anybody ever? Unless it's rained any time earlier, you're like this. I mean, they don't come out. I love it when it was, the ground's a little moist, and then you're just like, Phew, okay. Phew. And that's what they want you to do. Oh, you can cut them down, but it's better to what? Same with unforgiveness and bitterness, guys, pull it out. You go, well, what else? Okay. Jesus said, listen, look at the sycamine tree. Okay. The second characteristic of the sycamine tree. Okay. This wood, guys. Well, let me go back. Let me go back. I told you that they didn't, you didn't burn the wood from this tree because the smoke could cause severe problems. It said, do not cultivate this tree. It's very evasive and can ruin the habitat of the native species. So you didn't want to cultivate the tree. But then the tree's wood, this is the second characteristic, guys. The tree's wood was actually preferred wood for building caskets. You go, what do you mean? Well, anytime we think of caskets, right, we think of what? Death. See, in Egypt, after they embalmed people in the Middle East, they would go looking for a very good casket. The hardest wood they could find was from the sycamine tree. So they they would chop down the sycamine tree, okay, and it was considered preferred wood for building caskets and coffins. It quickly grew in and near any environment, making it, what, easily accessible in different places. It grew in dry conditions, and the kind of conditions that it was for the Middle East is famous. There are two reasons the sycamine wood was used for so many places for building, what, caskets and coffins. Could you imagine? Not only was the root system so deep, but it signified death. It signified death. Now, two thoughts. Two thoughts here. Just as the sycamine tree grew very quickly, can you see where I'm going? So does bitterness. So does bitterness. When these fast-growing and ugly attitudes are allowed to grow freely, they not only spoil the condition of your own heart, but they ruin your relationships with other people. That's the first thought. So if you think, well, you know, listen, I've got a nice little bitterness bush, and I trim it every week, and I don't let it get out of hand, that's not what's happening in your heart. What's happening is it's growing rather quickly, is it not? Second thought, the sycamine tree was preferred for what? For building caskets. This is a powerful message, right? It tells us that bitterness and unforgiveness are deadly. Church, listen, if we harbor bitterness, it will spiritually bury you more quickly than anything else. If we permit or allow bitterness and unforgiveness to grow in our life, it won't be long until these attitudes have killed your joy, have stolen your peace, and have canceled out our spiritual life. What happened to that fun-loving man? Let's just love Jesus, had that bubbly attitude, just love life. What happened? Something got in your heart, and now it's growing. And what's happening, guys, 
is that it's growing at an alarming rate and it doesn't need special conditions to grow and it's bringing death, death to your life, death to joy, death to relationships. What's the third characteristic, Pastor? Third characteristic of this tree, Jesus points it out. This tree produced a fruit. It produced a fig. But this fig was very bitter and is actually sometimes poisonous. Okay? The sycamine tree and the mulberry tree were very, very, very similar in appearance. The two trees even produced a fruit that looked identical. However, the fruit of the sycamine tree was extremely bitter. Its fruit looked just as luscious and delicious as the mulberry fig, but when a person tasted the sycamine tree, he discovered that it was horribly bitter. Now, mulberry figs, they were good. The problem was is that they were good and they were expensive, so the poor people didn't eat them. You know what the poor people ate? The sycamine fig. They'd come and eat this, but it was bitter. The, the problem is you go, well, how could they eat them if they were bitter? That's all they could afford. And slowly they would use, they would eat it slowly, slowly, slowly. They'd take a little bite, and then they would have to let it go and let it go and come back. You go, well, how does that tie into bitterness and unforgiveness? Well, guys... We know that bitterness can be a very bitter and tart, slowly consuming each offense they have reflected on deeply each day. When you start thinking about who hurt you and what was done to you and how it, how it made you feel, you keep thinking about these things and keeping, guess what happened? It's very bitter. A bitter attitude makes you spiritually poor. And a bitter attitude can be very poisonous to our soul. How about the fourth characteristic of this tree? I found it very interesting, right? Let's see if you're paying attention. The sycamine tree has a, has a fruit, right? What's it called? It's a fig, okay? Did you know the fourth characteristic? Jesus says the tree, everybody knew this. We didn't know this, but they, we, they know this. The sycamine tree was pollinated only by wasps. You go, what? Yeah, it's very interesting to note that the sycamine tree was not naturally pollinated. The pollination process was only initiated when the wasp stung its stinger right into the heart of the fruit. Thus, the tree and its fruit had to be stung in order to be reproduced. Isn't that crazy? And you go, well, how does that, how, what, what does that mean? Well, think how many times you've heard a bitter person say, I have been stung by that person once, but I'm not going to be stung again. What he did hurt me so badly, I'll never let him get close enough to sting me again. You're like, wow. What is Jesus doing? Well, let's close our Bible study like this, guys. Jesus is telling his disciples and he's telling us 
that we don't need a great amount of faith to deal with bitterness and unforgiveness. And all we need, guys, any person who has even a tiny measure of faith can speak to bitterness and unforgiveness and command it to leave. Only if it's the true desire of your heart. Sometimes, not always, sometimes beautiful, wonderful Christians like being miserable. And instead of commanding this bitterness to go and be planted in the sea, we do exactly what I joked about earlier. We have a we have a tree of bitterness in our hearts and we trim it. And we water it. You go, how do I water it? A lot of times by bringing up a lot of the things that, that, that hurt. Remembering. Not remembering in light of who God is, in light of the healing that God has already granted you, but remembering in light of how that person... And again, I want to go back to my study. Guys, I understand forgiveness is not easy. And again, it's not cheap. And you can't just go, I need to forgive. But Jesus says, today's the day that, guys, that we command. Okay, listen, I don't, I don't want this bitterness in my heart anymore. I don't want to look and I don't want to feel that anymore. I want to be free. I want to be set free to love. Well, pastor, I've got a question and I've got a serious question. If, if, if I forgive and I let go of all this stuff, what's to say that somebody else won't come along and hurt me? Nothing. But I think what God wants us to do, guys, if we can be honest, is he wants us to love like we've never been hurt before. And the only way I can do it is saying, God, increase my faith. Increase my faith. Increase my faith. Lord, help me to forgive those. Help me to, to walk in, in forgiveness. Help me to allow that bitterness to go away. Help me to command that. Lord, the bitterness in my heart, I want it uprooted and I want it thrown into the sea. And your word says it has to obey. So I, I want that. I want that. Maybe you're here and you just know that there's some, there's some stuff that you need at least to take the first step. The first step into what? into forgiveness. Why? Because forgiveness does what with bitterness? Turns it into love. And the love is the most beautiful example we had from our Lord and Savior. Was he not? Why? Because we we brought every offense we could into our Lord Jesus and and yet he didn't turn bitter, did he? Because his forgiveness for us, it was it was love. And he said, I know. I know. And my desire is to walk with every single one of you and never to leave you alone. I want to be there through the good times and I want to be there through the hard times 
and I want to walk with you. And when you cry, I want to be the one to wipe your tears. And when you laugh, I want to laugh with you. But you've got an enemy that's going to come back and say, hey, remember what so-and-so did to you? Remember what so-and-so did to you? Remember what so-and-so? Remember how this happened? Remember what? Remember, remember what God did to you? He says, we need to let that go so we can be set free. Let me give you one last, one last thing about bitterness, and you guys know this. Most of the time, if you have bitterness in your heart towards somebody, they don't even know about it. And you're at home, let's be honest, you're at home in bed tossing and turning. I can't believe it. And they're at home. They don't even know. They don't even know. They're asleep. They don't even know they hurt you. They don't even know. And so what we want to do tonight, guys, through the power of the Holy Spirit, is let it go. Let it go. We need to say to that bitterness, hey, listen, I know that there's some things in my life. I want it out. I want it in the sea. I want it gone. And then I can draw closer to Jesus. Father, we thank you tonight for your word and the truth in your word, Lord. We thank you that you picked a sycamine tree, Lord. A sycamine tree to, to illustrate, Lord, that we're holding on to things we shouldn't. Father, I, I understand, Lord, that forgiveness is a process. Lord, we, we want to start that process tonight. Help us at least to begin to forgive in light of who you are. Jesus, we need help. We need help, Lord. We need your spirit to wash us clean, to forgive, to, to offer forgiveness to those that have hurt us and hurt us badly. Lord, I'm not asking for people to be BFF with the one that hurt them, but I am saying that, Lord, start the process so that we can be cleansed in our own soul. Lord, no more weeds in this heart. No more weeds in this heart. It belongs to you, Lord. And we're not asking that you get a weed whacker or a hoe uh, or a shovel, Lord, but we're asking that you would uproot those things and throw them into so weed. We thank you, God, for Luke 17, 1 through 6. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Hey, this is Pastor Josh. I hope this message has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. If it has, we would love to hear your story of how it has impacted you, or especially if you responded to the invitation to receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. To get in touch or to receive more information, please contact us by phone at 806-799-2227 or send an email to calvarylubbock at hotmail.com. Again, that phone number is 806-799-2227. Also, if you want to partner with us financially to take the gospel to West Texas and the world, please click on the Donate button on calvarychapellubbock.org. Thanks for listening to the podcast. May God richly bless you.